The Youthscape Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Youthscape Podcast with me and Preston Rachel Gardner and... And down south, me Martin Saunders in sunny Surrey. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned down south because I have actually sat on an ant's nest this morning. In the <laughs> <laughs> wow, you went there straight away. I didn't know whether to share it, but I just, on the basis of that introduction, I just had to share that. You sat on an ant's nest. Well, because I'm doing what probably lots of people are doing. It's like it, the sun is shining and I've got my kids dressed in thick socks and thick clothes and then they can get in a paddling pool because the sun is shining. It's still the north. But I'm, I'm honestly, our tiny bit of garden, I'm sure there's a massive ant's nest in there. Because oh I sat on the grass like, hmm, it's lots, it's, it's lots happening down there. So I'm just very, very itchy. So anyway, so that's how <laughs> I'm coping today with lockdown. So if I talk very very fast sometimes you know there's more there's more life forms um in this room than just me but martin how are things down south (laughs) well we had we had a response from a listener uh the other day about my uh, nudity story and i just i i felt like i had to tell you what happened uh i had i i did do the uh what i talked about the dance of death this morning because my whole family had gone out for their walk uh, they'd gone out to, to get an early morning walk. And so I had a shower and I thought, well, there's no one, there's no one around. No it's fine. And so I just thought, you know, I'll just go and get my clothes. And, and then I remembered the window was, the curtains were drawn. And I thought, you know what, it's going to be fine. And uh, no, it wasn't fine. There was someone <laughs> absolutely, absolutely at eye level. Well, I say eye level. And it was just a moment. And you know, all he did, all my neighbour across the road. Absolutely. He just wait. He just waved. Just waved and smiled. Oh, yeah. There was. He just understands. He didn't he? even pretend that he hadn't seen all of me. He just thought, "I'm just going to wait this time." You've done it so many times. You are, as somebody pointed out, for the, for some people, I am their ugly naked guy. You know, from friends. <laughs> yes. And uh, and I did I did today do it like full, absolutely full throttle, full frontal. There was no escaping anything. Brilliant, but he just waved and saluted you. He did. Just, he was, it was like a brother to brother. Oh, it's just a beautiful moment. So I don't know why we're starting with so many base stories this week. I don't know why. <laughs> I said to you off air, let's talk about our wonderful youth worker community. Because yeah. I, I think as well as um, the crazy little stories of this inability to look after ourselves that you and I share endlessly i i think a lot of us are suffering from the kind of the overthinking well in that sense of like my thoughts like i can't get away from like overthinking things i'm 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 over explaining how i overthink things and i have noticed that with a lot of my friends actually so one lovely friend sent me a message saying about how they miss you know being in coffee shops with friends and then watching strangers go by and, and then sent me another message about five minutes later saying, oh, oh, not to say that what I want to do is just sit and watch strangers. And then like, like, it's like this overthinking <laughs> that we're all doing. Like, and I said, okay. no, I know you like looking at strangers. So I, I wonder if there's a little bit of, um, we talk about what that kind of, echo chamber there but I think yeah. lots of us are feeling we're in that echo chamber it's hard to get out isn't it I have done that with a couple of people so I find myself more than ever 
double checking whether somebody's taken something the wrong way or been slightly offended by something I've said, which, as you know, in my in my case is like an occupational hazard anyway. Um, but <laughs> but but like I I um I have found myself doing that because you've only got some, even if you're on a dreaded Zoom call like we are now and you can see each other, you still only got some of the full range yes. of communication going on, haven't you? Yes, you have. Um, and yes. so you, you still have the ability to misunderstand each other much more easily, especially yes. with like emails and other messages. So, so I think we are often kind of catching ourselves thinking, oh gosh, did I, did I say that wrong? Did I, was I taken yes. the wrong way? Do you, do you think we're all doing a bit more checking anyway? I was listening to some great stuff yesterday on the radio about um, you know, living through a time like this where you know, even if we're not consciously every day thinking, have I got COVID-19? Like, we're aware what the symptoms would be. So if we cough, we're a bit like, oh, is that, oh, what might that be? And so we're just a little bit more primed for checking, checking in on people and checking on stuff. And I wonder, I wonder there's a little bit of that, that that goes in. We feel, we can feel our fragility a little bit more. And so we want to check, are you okay? Is that okay? Is this okay? Which yeah. in and of itself isn't a bad thing, is it? That we remember that that we are all quite fragile but um oh, this is yeah, good these are new times these are new times so let me check in with you is everything okay everything's do you know can i tell you why things are well for me this afternoon so i was, I was a little tired before this call but you've 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 perked me up <laughs> your with your stories of ants and um i tell you my little boy just brought me a little cup and i thought it was a cup of tea but it wasn't it was a cup of i don't know if you can hear this it was a cup of peanut m&ms <gasps> which was way better than a cup of tea he so, has so done something terrible that he's just like preempting yeah. you that when you go That's and find it, it yes exactly so that. i so I, i've had that my my little boy at the moment is great at climbing and as we know taking all his clothes off and at the moment if i if the house goes quiet i find him on top of a wardrobe naked <laughs> i found him in my daughter's bedroom on top of the wardrobe i was just like oh my god Honestly, we're going to end up in A&E and all kinds of panics around that. Anyway, so it is, it is fascinating times, isn't it, at the moment? And uh, we have got a very good interview today because one of the things that you and I have talked about the last few weeks is um, just making sure that we're clocking in how we're supporting young people who, for a variety of reasons, are finding the lockdown and socialisation a, a, a kind of added level of complication. And so mm. you caught up with a, a... Have we had him before? Is this we have. We have. We have had Mark on before. Absolutely. Mark's a good friend, a trusted voice um, and a brilliant, brilliant guy. And you caught up with him, didn't you, earlier to talk about how we can support young people who are experiencing social isolation and have additional needs. Now, before the interview happens, Martin, I just wanted to share a little story that I heard on the radio today. Um, And you know when you just listen to someone's story and it suddenly catapults you into someone else's life, and you suddenly think, oh my goodness, I hadn't thought about what that might be like. So this wonderful mum is a mum to four children. They've all got autism. And she shared with such articulate, heartbreaking detail just the additional challenges it is if you have children at home who, for whatever reason, find the complication of this like an added layer of pain and difficulty. So I, I just felt on the base of that, I'm so interested to hear what Mark has to say and how we as youth workers can support young people. Absolutely. So, uh, so this is me catching up with Mark Arnold from Urban Saints. And I'll just warn you now, there's a slightly random like, uh, sli- like tangent that we go on. That Ooh, it's, all, like- it's all my fault and I'm slightly embarrassed about it, but I think Amy, <laughs> Amy's decided to leave it in. 
Um, so uh, I'll let it, it'll become obvious when we get there. This is me and Mark Arnold. Well, my guest today on the Youthscape podcast is Mark Arnold from Urban Saints. Hello, Mark. Hi, Martin. Great to be with you. Yes. Where are you now? Where are we doing this? You're in Bournemouth, aren't you? On the south coast. Yeah, I'm in sunny, sunny Bournemouth. Uh, yeah, uh, connecting in from home, uh, from uh, my little home office here. Now, are you one of those, let's be honest, quite annoying people who's close enough to go for their uh, hours walk in a, in a sort of beach location? Yeah, sadly not. That would be oh. terrific. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm about, I don't know, three and a half miles or so away from the beach, but I am about half a mile away from the River Stour, some lovely country walks. So, you know, it's it's not all bad. No, <laughs> no, that's that's good. But I think people people who, who live by the beach, I think when this this is all over and we're all allowed to go, to the beach again i think they should have to have an additional month locked up <laughs> where they are not allowed to go out and we can just use their beaches i think i get so you know you see people posting pictures of their seafront walk and you 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 say lord give me the gift of not feeling um incredibly jealous at this moment but. yeah it's a it's a hard it's a hard thing living you know by the coast and you know when when all this is finished you know getting down to our beach hut did i mention we had a beach hut no you know, so uh, yeah you know it's a it's a hard life you know the, the, the um the, the beach office you know when it's when it's summer getting down there doing some work it's you know it's a tough life for some but somebody's yeah. got to do it <laughs> to, to be honest most of us are just looking forward to getting to pizza hut so, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway <laughs> other pieces are available yeah. <laughs> anyway um mark uh we're talking to you uh today specifically because of the the role that you have not just at urban saints but sort of more broadly in the youth ministry uh world and lots of people uh like me will have been to your excellent training around uh, additional needs and you you are really your your life's work is around helping the church to include uh young people uh, and children with additional needs much better and uh, you've done some amazing work already uh, i'm really intrigued to know your thoughts on what that looks like um at this time so so tell us a little bit um mark uh, just to, to dive in at the deep end um tell us a little bit of your story and why you're so passionate about additional needs before we get on to the current situation okay now that's good uh so, uh, yeah, I work uh, at Urban Saints, been there for, for quite a long time, been involved in children's and youth work for as long as I can remember. Uh, and throughout all of that time, I've seen inclusion done really well in some cases, um, not so well in, in lots of other cases. And uh, and that's not because the heart's not there. It's, it's often because uh, just people don't know where to start and how to, uh, to, to make a difference in a positive way. Uh, and then um, 17 years ago, James came into our, our world. Uh, James is our second and youngest child and uh, two he was diagnosed as autistic and with learning disability uh, and a couple of years or so ago he added uh, epilepsy and anxiety disorder to his uh, little list of diagnoses and so there's very much a, a personal aspect to this as family uh, and as our church you know the journey we've had as family with our church uh, and then through urban saints and the things that we've uh, been uh, grappling with there and that's led to uh, the 
traditional needs ministry that I head up uh, at Urban Saints and other things, uh, as you mentioned, like uh, the Additional Needs Alliance, a collection of folk that journey uh, in this area and support uh, and, and provide resources out into this space. And I guess the um, you do some brilliant training. I've been to it. Um, I highly recommend other people look that up because uh, you come to people, you know, in, in simpler times, you come to where people are and you deliver training. Um, to, we, we, we gather together a bunch of local churches um, to have you come and share with us. And I, I recommend that to other people too. Um, but it's interesting you talk about the sort of the shift in your thinking, uh, well, not your thinking, but in uh, in other people's thinking between, um, uh, you know, additional needs are something that uh, seems important and, um, uh, you know, we want to try and get our heads around, but it all seems a bit difficult. We don't know where to start. And then starting to understand the centrality of inclusion to good ministry. So, um, yeah. So what do you want to say about that? Um, so, well, first of all, thanks for the plug. Checks in the post. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, think unpacking that a bit. The, the starting point for a lot of churches that that do want to start to make a difference in this space is typically because they will have a child or young person or several children, young people with additional needs uh, attending the stuff that they do. And they want to make a difference, but they don't know where to start. And and often the, the starting point is around, well, how do we make what we do accessible? How do we make what we do uh, inclusive so that those children and young people are able to participate in uh, that activity. And and that's usually the starting point for our training as well, is let's look at some of the practical things that we can do. But then we take it beyond that and start to think about how those children, young people, the families they're a part of can truly belong, truly feel valued and, uh, and, and and loved and accepted in every way by their church and, and for it to be their church as much uh, as anybody else's, you know, so that they can really grow and thrive and develop uh, and, and not just be sort of child-minded for an hour or, or whatever the session might be, but actually really, uh, yeah, be developed and, and for that to be spiritual development as well. How can they grow in their, their faith journey uh, as part? Of, uh, of of what they do when they're engaging with us in church, so it's it's much more than the sort of ramps and disabled loos and that kind of thing. Mm. It's, it's very much about how we create that culture change uh, and that sense of real belonging within that church community. Yeah, and it's about having a vision for that as well, isn't it? So it's not that is not going to happen by accident. You are not going to create that kind of place of universal belonging. Uh, by accident you've got to be really intentional about it you have and uh, and it needs uh, you know it needs leadership from the top it needs the the church leaders to be actively engaged with it and to be passionate about this it needs you know the the culture of the church to change uh, i i sometimes talk about how uh, sometimes in churches you have meerkats mm-hmm. uh, the meerkats are the folk who when uh, maybe an autistic child is having a meltdown and and the family's trying to support them and they're really struggling. And you get folk that stare and tart and, you know, mutter harsh comments and that kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, and, and really what we're looking to do is change that culture and to create an environment where 
Um, there aren't meerkats, but there are additional needs lions, folk who will oh. offer support and encouragement. You know, lions look after their pride, don't they? They look after their own. And that's that's the culture that we want to to bring to churches so that they're actively looking for ways to help and make a difference and be positive uh, rather than the, you know, the touch and harsh comments and, and looks. So I think that's a really great metaphor, Mark. The problem with it for me is that meerkats are my favourite animal. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel a bit sad that you've, you've dragged down the humble and I think noble meerkats. Do you know that a meerkat, just to take us way off topic, but I, I find it interesting, a meerkat can survive a, a rattlesnake bite. Did you know that? If a rattlesnake wow. bites a meerkat, uh, it basically the meerkat puts itself into a, like, in, into a self-induced coma for a few days and lets That's the poison amazing. sort of... Yeah, exactly. Meerkats are amazing. And so it, 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 it works through its system. And then, so a meerkat, considering its size, is like one of the only creatures that can, that can actually just actively survive... Um, a, a rattlesnake bite so you know just when you are you know bringing <laughs> meerkats into your negative metaphors just be aware of that also they're very good at flogging cheap insurance i've noticed oh well, that is indeed true that, that's so, certainly true and, and maybe the maybe the redeeming thing for the meerkat is the you know the, the the meerkat in the metaphor that i use is still able to be you know redeemed and brought around to a better way of thinking and and to become an additional needs lion you know and be that supportive person so you know we don't we don't give up on the meerkats we redeem them uh, and, uh, and help them to help others yeah i like i like i like the way you've saved yourself that's brilliant um <laughs> so just to dig into what you were actually talking about, um, you, you made a comment back there about having a vision for young people to, uh, who have got additional needs to be able to fully enter into ministries in, in, in terms yeah. of worship and experiencing the presence of God and having a relationship with God. And I wonder whether people might struggle to really have a vision for that or, or you know, because I think it's good to have a, an honest conversation rather than a politically correct one here. You know, mm. somebody who's not got much expertise in this area might observe the young person with additional needs and think, how is it possible for that to happen? So I wonder if you've got any thoughts on that or any stories from your experience about um, what it means for young people to have a, um, a, a with an additional need to have a, a significant experience of or relationship with God. Yeah, and I think the the starting point for that is for us to never underestimate, you know, the the, the power of the Holy Spirit and the and, and the ability of God to interact with everybody, each one of us, and and for us to uh, see that response to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in, uh, in in young people with or without additional needs and and, and in different ways. Um, I mean, a story that that maybe illustrates that is that um, uh, you know we've just we just finished Spring Harvest Home and, and it was fabulous that, the, that that was able to happen online. But a couple of years or so ago at Spring Harvest, the the festival itself, I was I was going around doing a, a role as as disability consultant, just making sure that everybody with additional needs and disabilities included and helped uh, and that involved going around to all the uh, the children's and youth sessions and I, um, I, I remember going to uh, the sort of older children's sessions so the sort of eights to elevens 
and there was a, a young lad there, let's call him Jack. Uh, and Jack uh, is a non-verbal autistic lad. He's got other additional needs as well. And um, he was just sat there building a tower out of Jenga blocks. There was loads going on all around, but you know, he was just building this tower out of Jenga blocks. And um, he'd build it so many blocks high, it would fall over and he'd start again. And, and I just sat with him for a bit and he let me help him and we built this tower and when it fell he had this fantastic belly laugh but there was no verbal communication there and I uh, I remember as I sort of headed on and carried on on my, my duties, I was really wondering what on earth we were doing that was helping Jack. In what way was the content of Spring Harvest reaching Jack in any way? Or was he just being child-minded and just sitting there with his Jenga mm. blocks building his tower? Mm. Well, a few days after Spring Harvest finished, um, I got a phone call from the team. And they uh, relayed to me uh, a story that um, the, the parents had phoned in uh, to, to tell them about. And apparently on the way home, uh, Jack, this nonverbal boy uh, who you know got no, no real speech, uh, was uh, sat in the car singing three words from one of the worship songs that they'd been using a lot during uh, the session. And, um, you know, so singing. Uh, this non-verbal lad and uh, the song he was singing from was Cornerstone and the three words that he was singing over and over again with a blissful look on his face was weak made strong wow. weak made strong and, okay God was reaching him God was wow. uh, was ministering to him uh, and he was responding to that and yeah. you know let's never underestimate that you know and in the case of this lad you know non-verbal autistic uh, young man, uh, he was responding in wonderful ways to to the prompting of God and of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and that really taught me a lesson about how to uh, to look for those signs in all the children and young people uh, that we're engaged with, and you know whether they've got additional needs or not. Uh, let's never underestimate how God can uh, reach them and how they can respond to God in amazing ways. Well, what, what an amazing story, Mark. That is incredibly encouraging. I hope that inspires uh, everyone listening as much as that inspires me. Um, I wonder then whether we can move on to talk about this current uh, COVID-19 mm. crisis, the situation that we find ourselves in. Obviously, most young people, uh, you know, experiencing what is being called probably incorrectly lockdown. Um, yep. can, can we start? I wondered, I did check with you before we started recording this, but I wonder whether we could start with your own experience of this. So you, you mentioned your son, uh, at home. Uh, what's it been like for him to have to navigate, um, uh, this very strange and different, uh, last few weeks? Yeah, so it's you know it's, it's not been easy for James. He's he's struggled uh, with a few things. One of the things that James and a lot of children, young people with a range of different additional needs uh, uh, grapple with is that they they very much uh, are routine driven, uh, and so they know what their routine is. They, you know, they get up at a certain time, have breakfast, there's school, there's different activities, different meal times, uh, and and that routine can be pretty similar you know day in day out maybe at the weekend there'll be some variations to that uh, and of course that routine has just been completely changed uh, over the last few weeks uh, you know James isn't able to go to school uh, the things that we would usually take him to that he enjoys doing he's not able to go to he a bit like Jack that I mentioned just now, James is uh, mostly non-verbal. Uh, and so he communicates uh, some of his needs through pictures. 
and he uh, has been repeatedly showing us pictures of the places that he loves to go there's a uh, there's a farm shop that he loves to go to a cafe that he enjoys and we've not been able to take him to any of those places and that's that's really heartbreaking for us because we know that he loves that experience of going to those places and and he struggles to understand why we're saying no to him at the moment so you know we're trying to build new uh, routine for him new uh, sort of pattern for each day and help him to understand those um, giving him a timetable for each day so that he knows what we're going to be doing and uh, you know that's helping him to to be able to uh, manage his way through the day a bit more effectively but it's a yeah it, it, it's it's not easy for him uh, and uh, he he struggles to understand because he, he really doesn't um, you know have a broad understanding of what all this is about and um, why these changes are happening and and there must thank you mark for sharing that that there must be a um a huge diversity within each individual kind of additional need and mm-hmm. a huge uh, variety of additional needs uh, that young people are experiencing and living with so it's very hard isn't it to come up with one size fits all stuff at this point and so it's very helpful to have a, a specific story like that and i think for, our, for 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 us listening to this as as youth ministers um we, there's a few thoughts maybe going around our our minds one is what can we do to support young people that we already know mm. who have additional needs during this time and and also the bigger question that we should always be asking um, you know, is does this does this time create an opportunity for us to reach more young people who might be experiencing additional needs who are not currently already reaching and connecting with in some way? So uh, I don't know which one you want to tackle first. Yes. Well, actually, um, yeah. Let's let's go for the second one first. Uh, let's let's think about how uh, we can reach more people and already are reaching more people during this time because um, the, the reality is that for a lot of children, young people, and the families they're a part of, uh, where there's additional needs and disabilities uh, as part of that mix, social isolation isn't necessarily something that's new for them uh, it can be something that they experience as as part of everyday life anyway just you know, accessing different um, activities social activities church maybe as a part of that can be harder for them uh, than might typically be the case and and actually there's been um, quite a mixed reaction that I've seen and heard and from conversations I've had with folk um, there, you know, there, are, there are folk who are finding uh, you know, the increased isolation at this time is making those feelings they have of isolation even starker, harder, more difficult for them to to manage, you know, the kind of issues that I've been talking about with James. Um, but there have also been um, sort of glimmers of light in that as well, because obviously a lot of stuff has gone online. Uh, yes. And that has allowed folk uh, who otherwise may not have been able to have engaged with with church and with youth work and with prayer meetings and all those kinds of things to be able to actually connect in and access that stuff. Um, yeah, in the in the wider world, there's been theatre online, concerts online, all kinds of stuff that people have been able to access that, that otherwise they wouldn't have been able to. So, so we're reaching a much broader um, audience through the online stuff we're doing, and and there's a real um, sort of thought process in all of that about when we. 
come out of this social isolation thing and 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 are able to and lockdown ends and, and we're able to meet up again uh, about keeping the online stuff going mm. not losing the lessons that we've learned over this period but actually it being both and let's let's keep the uh the, the online stuff there for for folk for whom just accessing church physically uh is um just too difficult at that moment mm. but could connect in online and then yeah let's have the uh the the face to face stuff too so so there's some real thinking around all yeah. of that uh, but then in the meantime what do we do to reach the children and young people that we're you know journeying with as children's and youth workers and families workers um Again, it's 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 looking at how do we uh, how how do we keep those connections going. So I know a lot of groups uh, and some urban saints groups are doing this uh, are, are still meeting, uh, but they're meeting virtually. They're meeting on Zoom or or something, and uh, and uh, and so there's opportunities for them to chat, to engage with things. You know, they're they're, they're still playing games, having talks, and doing the sorts of things that they might do on a, a typical club night, for example. But they're they're doing it through Zoom and and making that as interactive as possible, uh, as sensory as possible. Uh, and you know, both of those are things that are going to really help uh, young people with additional needs to be able to uh, to connect. Uh, well to those sessions um, and so it's it's trying to sort of maintain that contact and, and maintain that opportunity for young people to to meet and to be supported and to be mentored and uh, and, and helped uh, and and taught and 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 to grow in their in their faith you know let's let's not just leave it until we can you know, gather again let's let's think about how uh, maybe we can keep that connection going and keep that um, support going uh, you know during uh, this period mm, that's brilliant and and of course with all young people there's always a family to consider um, mm. uh, alongside but I guess with young people with additional needs often we need to think a bit more about the family and the family context and so I wonder whether there's some things we can be doing to connect with those families as well to to reach out and ask um how can we how can we help is there something we can do um particularly when the family are going to be the people who can speak up for the young person and when the young person themselves can't so so there's lots of things that we could uh, think about in in that um uh, a, a lot of our families generally uh, are looking at ways for you know school to be happening at home and, and are being resourced to do that and uh, you know maybe we can provide families with resources to continue spiritual development at, at home where that's appropriate where where the family is supportive of that uh, and and look at providing some interactive and uh, maybe sensory resources to to help there um but also the you know the practical stuff uh, if we're thinking of uh, families that you know may um because of the additional needs or disabilities of of the child or young person or maybe because of their own um, um, particular situation um, might be unable to get out and you know just get shopping in and, and practical things maybe getting um, you know, prescriptions uh, from the pharmacy for their child or young person and and so again in you know, offering help and support to those families to say hey 
we're here for you. Is there stuff that we can get for you? Uh, you know, can we can we go and do a food shop? Can we get some uh, your medication in? You know, is there other practical ways that 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 we can help you right now? And and in doing that, um, not only is obviously the, the the practical help there that that can be really really appreciated, but that that sense of them not being forgotten uh, and, uh, and 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 cared for and valued and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about that sense of belonging um, you know that that being part of that church family means that we we're looking out for each other and and that includes families with uh, children and young people with additional needs that's great mark thank you so much for just uh bringing so much wisdom today uh this is an aspect of this period this crisis that we absolutely cannot overlook so um i really appreciate your time and um if you just want to remind people of where they can go to find out a bit more about uh, the work that you do all year round as we close yeah that'd be great so uh, if you look at the urban saints website that's uh, urbansaints.org slash additional needs there's loads of stuff there uh, that particularly as children's and youth workers can be uh, a real help uh, if you want to have a look at my blog uh, then there's loads of information and advice uh, teaching uh, tools and information about coronavirus and kids with additional needs too uh, and that's uh, the additional needs blog father Dot com. Uh, so if you search for the additional needs blogfather.com, you'll find that. And uh, uh, also, uh, if uh, you've got parents, families that are looking for support, point them towards the uh, Additional Needs Alliance group on Facebook. So if they search in Facebook for Additional Needs Alliance, they'll find us. Uh, it'd be great to connect with them and to support them and help them during this time as well. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. to that interview Martin I always find that Mark is such a reassuring and very practical wisdom that he has doesn't he very can do and I find that so helpful because we want to know what we can do don't we to to support young people with additional needs I'm thinking about one particular young person who um, comes on zoom quite a lot with our groups and and just learning how to connect well with him and what his the particular things that I'm just picking up with him now, how to keep him engaged and to, mm. and to help him really thrive, not just get on the call, but really thrive on the call and really be involved in the discussions. Thank you. It was awesome. Yeah. Anything stand out for you that, that you've been reflecting on? Um, well, I think just uh, when you listen to a, uh, an interview like that, there is a, um, there is a chance that you can feel a little bit guilty and feel like oh gosh I need to do more and oh I'm not very good in this area and so on and I I don't think Mark would ever want anyone to feel like that I think he'd just want you to feel inspired to check out his blog check out some resources make a start as he says you know if you if you'd like to do something you don't know where to start you know then then get involved with some of the stuff that he's doing and just make that start so see it as an encouragement not us beating you over the head with another thing to think about um, but I think one of the things that, that's interesting to me is consistently in this podcast over the last 10 or 11 episodes that we've done, we've been trying really hard, maybe not always successfully, not just to think about those young, how we reach those young people who are in our immediate circle of influence and are going to come to everything we do and are going to connect with whatever we do. How do we actually reach those young people who might get forgotten in some way, who might slip through the cracks in some way, who might not um, necessarily connect with 
the first thing that we decide to provide for them, especially if we're doing online stuff. Um, and I think this is a really good reminder for us all to think about who are those young people and those families who are having to process all of this stuff with the extra layer of complexity that comes with a, a young person with additional needs. And there's a massive spectrum of additional needs, you know, and we can't possibly talk about all of them as one size fits all. And we talked specifically, it's worth recognizing, we talked specifically in that um, uh, interview about autistic spectrum disorder, and that is by no means the only additional need. There's lots of other um, things that we can think about. And I'm, I'm sure as time goes on, we'll be talking about some more on this podcast. Um, but, but really, it's just let's be encouraged to think a little bit harder about who we might not be missing the first, the first time we think about which, which young people um, we're, we're trying to reach in our local uh, area or our community or our church. Um, who are the ones that we maybe miss on the first pass? And that might be young people with additional needs. So yeah, feel encouraged, not scared. Yeah, brilliant. And we are all adventurers in this, aren't we? This new season and this new way of doing youth ministry. And keep bringing your stories to us. Keep giving feedback. We had a lovely little bit of feedback, didn't we, during the week? Did you send oh, yes. an email? Yes. Dear Ben and I, yeah. Ben Cordy, we're not doing shout out at the moment, but this is a shout out for you. And in fact, I replied to you by saying, Ben! because it was just so lovely i felt he needed like a long elongating of his name i read that as bean oh no 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 ben. it just felt like a lot I was, of e's in there i put a lot of e's and lots well, of n's bean. ben no 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 ben yeah he's bean sorry bean no 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 but you know who you are mate and ben you use an interesting phrase is this an official phrase yeah. Are we coining new language? Because he said we are part of his helmet listening. Yeah. What's helmet listening? I've never I, heard of it. I presume he has some sort of headgear which he wears, inside which he legally or otherwise slips headphones. <laughs> and, or, oh, I see. Or I he see. likes to walk around with a giant helmet, just on, like just, a military just helmet. on, and, and, we, and we are, he's listening to us at the same time. So Maybe ben, he does military, you know, like battle reenactment. You know, people who do oh, that dress up. Virtual oh, oh, yes, battle no, reenactment. virtual reality. Like when they dress us. up it like from like World War One or something. Maybe he puts yes. something like a tin hat and we're in there. And then we're in there, he listens to us. So, Ben, it's so lovely that normally you listen to us in your helmet, where that is, on your way to school to do some awesome schools work, which I guess is not happening right now. But how lovely that you are still listening to our voices, because I, I don't know if I could listen to my voice at the moment. So, Ben, that is so beautiful. And we hope that you are feeling very loved and very helmeted right now. Now, I think there's some other phrases that have been coined, because... Zoom preaching. So I see that um, there's been some great new words: zeeching, zooming, oh. zooming, zoo preaching. Like some interesting phrases now wow. as we're doing youth ministry online. So can we need to coin a new phrase of like youth work online? Can we give it a new name? I, I feel like I, I almost feel like we've made a uh, made a competition there <gasps> to people to come up with their their best name for online youth work. Yes. Um, although I'm not sure zeeching is going to catch on, is it? I think zeeching is good. So maybe if you've got an idea for what we should rename uh, online youth ministry, you can you can tweet us or you can email us podcast at youthscape.co.uk. I found um, I found a new uh, TV craze, a new thing that I'm addicted to, and I feel like I'm one of those people who's got very very late to a party to the point that. Like I, it, it could be me saying oh, I've just discovered the news or something. Like it's it's not 
new. It's that line. But I've got really into something called Race Across the World. Have you ever seen that? It's not you, McGregor, on a motorbike. No, that's uh, that's a different thing. But Race Across that the World is wow. like a reality TV show cross with. Do you remember Judith Chalmers? I mean, yes. this is people of a certain age. But you, what was that called with Judith Chalmers? Remember? I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. She had a TV show where she'd like go to different holiday destinations, and you'd base it was like a it was like a TV uh, holiday brochure. Wish you were here. Oh, wish you were here. Yes, yes, yes. Wish you were here. Yes. Wish you were here. I mean, clearly, anybody who's listening to this who's not in their 40s is just going, what? Well, like, what? What? Who? What? Um, but, uh, yeah, th- this thing, Race Across the World, is absolutely amazing. So it's, it's uh, pairs of people who are, um, they're, they're different people. So it's like a, a brother and sister who've got a difficult relationship. It's an okay. uncle and a... Um, uh, uncle and a nephew from a, a Bengali family where they have had like some family estrangement. Uh, there's a husband and wife. Uh, there's a boyfriend and girlfriend, and basically they um, they have to all race each other on this ridiculously long journey. And the 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 current series, which I think is just about to finish, is uh, they have to go from um, Mexico to uh, all the way down to the very bottom of Argentina. And it's a 20-hour flight, but you can't, they can't do it on a plane. They have to do it all uh, oh, fast coach on foot, all that sort of thing. And what happens is you see these amazing – it's all about the relationships. It's not really about the scenery. The scenery is nice, but it's really about the interplay of the relationships between these, these people who are drawn closer together or they have these awful fallings apart or, or whatever, and some of them don't make it and some of them get closer and – um, and there's also a race going on. And it made me think, what would it be like? What, how do you think we'd fare if we suddenly had to spend two months navigating South America? Do you think we'd oh make it? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I, I, we'd break something. Something would be fractured beyond repair, wouldn't it? I, I can't imagine we'd, um, we'd get very far at all. I think no, probably, I, I'm not very practical. Are you? Would you... Would you take charge and start booking buses? Well, I, I probably would take charge, but I'd be very collaborative. So we'd collect lots of people. So we'd probably end up somewhere with like loads of people as, <laughs> as joined in. Like we would def- and we would definitely rewrite the rules. Oh, like yeah. we would be like, no, we haven't got to get there for a certain time. We can we'd do get it disqualified. We totally I mean, I, I hate to drop the P word, but don't you think anytime you watch something on telly where people are like traveling somewhere or they're sat in a coffee shop or they're hugging someone, don't you feel like you just watch something that is like, what? They're, they're what? It's like travel porn. Like you're watching oh. like something that is like, it really brings you up short. Like when I drive um, around Preston delivering these parcels and you go past bus shelters and they've got like a a, a big advert of people like laughing together and like oh, this, I see. This technology brings you close together. You'd like, you, you almost want to like bring your car to a halt and like, what world are you living in? So, yeah. You're not allowed I, to hug each other or travel. No, you're not allowed to travel. You can't go from Mexico to somewhere else. It's so funny, isn't it? I presume like, this was all filmed last year at some point, <laughs> but it's very interesting. So, so interesting. if you're like me in the very long tail of people who haven't seen uh, race across the world it's uh, it's on iPlayer and it's very very good it's and worth I doing highly it. recommend it brilliant that sounds brilliant well martin i think i need to go and sort out my kids who are who have crept into the room and getting their swimming costumes often on. happens at the end of these calls <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely it's time to go and rescue the kids but take care and go well and enjoy whatever you're doing today thanks Whew, and some deep breaths rachel just be you know, on the lookout for ants. I'm a little worried for you. (laughs)
Careful where you sit down. <laughs> See you soon, listener. <laughs>